lights, camera, Cinemagic. Cinemagic. Woo! We got it. Yes, and I made sure to go in early, so therefore that lot that you put on the last episode would not be shown. I am sorry. I am sorry that I like to propagate lies. It's just what I do, people. It's not. It's not you. It's the producer. Listen to you, man. Stop editing me. Stop making me look bad, okay? And then I'm, I'm gonna whoop your ass. Yeah, I, I am the face, as we can all see, and for our audio listeners here, we can all see with my nice new cloak. But we'll talk to that after the intro. So roll the intro. Rolling the intro. Rolling the intro. Oh, 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 the intro's over? Are you back? Are you back? Intro's over. First of all, I have to say uh, to everyone watching, um, I have to say it is it is a month of love, uh, you know, because mm -hmm. it's Valentine's Day, and, and I want to basically just show my love to our very own uh, Walter Mercado. Mucho, mucho, mucho amor. So, for all of you who are listening to I'm just to digging, I'm just, I'm digging the, the cloak thing you got going on, man. It's like you're, it's like you're, like you're ready to tell the future and win an Oscar at the same time. It is the oh. greatest thing ever. And so, for all of you who are listening, I am wearing a cloak that I, for myself, is more off of Lionel Calrissian, uh, Donald Glover, Billy Dean Williams, uh, much mm -hmm. love over here. I'm wearing a cloak. Uh, and much in the vein towards that, because I, I, I have much love for them. On this special day of love, uh, my lovely partner made this for me, and so I am going to wear it so I can look fly and feel loved throughout this whole podcast. I, <laughs> I, I, I love it, and I just have to say that as you know, it, it brings me back to uh, watching uh, Walter Mercado. I don't know if I'm feeling the Donald Glover, Lando Carizian vibe just yet, but it's it's early, so you know we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. I got it. I got it. I'm wearing my fro out, so I thought it would help too. So, uh, so this oh no, 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 that's that's sick, man. That's sick. No, nobody, nobody's gonna argue that. It, it's just the the cape. The oh yeah. Is it a fro? I love both. This, hey, this is why they need to watch the video edition so you can see all my lovely outfits that I'm wearing out here. And, and we will be launching that very soon, people. So pay attention, pay close attention. We'll be dropping that on our Instagram very soon. Uh, in the mm -hmm. meantime, you can just um, think about how incredibly handsome we are and how mm -hmm. much you love our voices and our eloquence. Mm -hmm. Yep, and um, and then once you see the channel, you'll see that you were totally right about all that. So oh, well, I guess you should also say who we are again. It's your greatest hostess with the KPS mostest. Um, I don't know if that worked. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Gwendoal with my co-host, the best there ever was at uh, telling me how pretty I am. Uh, uh, <laughs> Rick Acevedo. <laughs> Yeah, I I said that. Sure. It's Valentine's Day when we're recording this, so I want to show some love. <laughs> I'm in a loving mood. I right? so. I get it. I got red shells in the studio, so it's fine. We're we're good, man. All all the love. 
You know, especially since I got called a hater for the last episode. Who um, called you a hater? You know, Silver. I called oh, you a hater? I'm so no, sorry. No. Silver listeners, they just felt I hated on WandaVision a little too much. Really? I don't hate. I just, you know. You have your opinion. Some, you have your yeah, opinion. Yeah, I had some issues. But I am not a hater. I am a man of love. So on this Valentine's Day, I'm going to show so much love to everything that we do. Uh, so uh, just to let everyone know out there, I love, love, love film. That's why we do this. That's why I'm a filmmaker with Rick. I love exactly. it. We're filmmakers. Yeah. Um, speaking of film, have you have you seen anything good this week at all? Anything on the streaming services? I know you're not going to movies just yet. <laughs> so, so we covered that in week one. So I'm not going to ask you if you went to the movies at all. <clears throat> and, and even if it wasn't a pandemic, I still wouldn't ask you that. But um, have you, <laughs> have you seen anything good this week at all? So this week, honestly, my big movie is Judas and the Black Messiah that is releasing on HBO Max at the same time with theaters. So mm. uh, if you have not seen that, this is not a review for it because uh, we're doing different stuff this week. But it is my definitely top pick. It's not romantic. <laughs> I guess I should give something romantic. Uh, so it's, so not, it's not a story of when they meet on the slopes and then they decide they fall in love, but life is too difficult, so they fall out of love, but then somehow they fall in love again. Not Hallmarky, no. not Hallmarky no, at, at all. No, no. <laughs> I did also watch Cutthroat City, but that also is not a very romantic um, uh, endeavor. It's, uh, mm -hmm. it's about poverty, crime, and Hurricane Katrina. Right, so right. Oh, yeah, right. so yeah, not not a. Not a not a, lo a lot of loving <laughs> cinema I'm watching. But uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, if you have HBO Max or if you're seeing it in theaters, please, please, please go and see it. Uh, it gets my highest recommendation of I recommend it. Uh <laughs> so we're going to give it we're going to give it we're going to give it five ca five capes of floundering. Uh, you know, I was going to say I could give it five bags of popcorn. But I would be infringing on Tim Heidegger. 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 Heidegger's names. Tim Heidegger's a stick. So I will not, even though I love my popcorn. That that's how about how about five flamingos? Popcorn ingos? No flamingos. No 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 flamingos flamingos. Oh popcorn flamingos. So is that flamingos like holding popcorn? Like on their back leg while it's up? Could be it I could like... be flamingos made out of popcorn. I've never seen one of those. So because you know there's a pink the... popcorn that doesn't taste as good. Hold on a second. Copyright pending, people. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Wait, this is all, all copyright. Right. It's all copyright. So here, here's the question though. Because I thought you said popcorn dingo at one point. Popcorn so dingo. do you think yeah, do you ever think Dingoes has eaten someone's popcorn and someone had to say, that Dingo ate my popcorn? I mean, I'm pretty sure that <laughs> what happened there was, okay, this ain't going to sound right, but so right before the Dingo ate the baby, he was eating some popcorn. Clearly, he wasn't satisfied. It wasn't for his palate. And... Uh... <laughs> so, uh, we're doing some... Please forgive me. <laughs> Please <laughs> Uh, Dingo ate my baby is a uh, common joke that some people use. It's yeah, <laughs> it's a what, what movie was that from? It was they were it's set was in it Australia, huh? Was it no? Was it one of the croc? No, it was definitely or... not a crocodile Dundee movie. No, nobody nobody was eaten by a dingo in that one. Uh, 
I don't even think Dingo's made appearances. It was it was in a movie with Meryl Streep, I believe. Um, it was like in 1985, but I always forget the, the name of it. It was it was a very like they wouldn't believe when she said that a dingo ate her baby, and it was, apparently it was a true story, which you know uh, <laughs> it makes me feel really bad when I make that joke about. I did not know it was based off a true story. So that's what I heard that it was based on a true story, but it really, I don't, I don't. Uh, we might want to look that up later, just so that yeah, my head can calm down from this, because now it's like emotion city. Yeah, listeners, definitely uh, let us know. Uh, you know, uh, comment. Uh, usually on our Instagram is a good way to get us, uh, especially under these posts. Just comment under, let us know, talk to us a little bit about it. Uh, I, and I apologize if a dingo has eaten your baby and your popcorn. I, I do apologize for making light of it. Uh, <laughs> don't give me that look, okay? I, I am I'm sincere in my apology. <laughs> mucho, mucho, mucho amor. Okay. Exactly. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. What about you? What I uh, you seen anything this week? I did see um, on Row Eight, which is a pretty interesting uh, streaming service, where basically you know you pay for the latest movies. I saw Batman: Heart of the Dragon, which is DC's latest animated joint, and it was, for my taste, absolutely fantastic. I love the fact that it took place in the seventies. Um, wow. Yeah. Essentially, it's. 70s Batman, you know, teaming up with 70s Bronze Tiger, and a couple of other people trying to uh, protect a gate from the Order of the Snake, uh, a gate that they had gone and, you know, that they had protected when they were training to become, like, super ninjas. Um, one of the characters was, like, a super spy, and I believe he was Japanese, and he looked just like i mean it, it literally looked like they brought bruce lee back to life in, in cartoon form um and it was it was really an amazing it was an amazing uh film it's about an hour and a half long and i highly recommend it because it really was more about the heroes being heroes than depending on technology and i just i just i got a real kick out of it man i really enjoyed it uh, the Batmobile so, was one of my favorite parts, man, because it was like this, like almost like a muscle car, like a Dodge or some something of that nature, yeah. and it just looked. I mean, it was it was good. It was good. Good stuff. I, I, the '89 Batman, because I'm a fan of the Batman vehicles, because there's always I love how they change the aesthetic for each Batman for the vehicle. Such an iconic look. But the '89 Batman vehicle, I just I still not over. I just love that. Actually, the Batman animated series—that's probably my favorite Batman. That is one of my favorite ones too. Um, I loved uh, the Lincoln Futura. Um, you know, and if you're ever in LA, anyone that's watching, if you're ever in LA, go to the Hollywood uh, Museum, which is in the old Max Factor bu building. You'll see one of the Lincoln Futures that was used along with the Bat Cycle and everything. Just the aesthetic of that particular car alone. There were some that I didn't care for, though, like the George Clooney one, because I'm like, wait, why? Why does Batman need a convertible? Yeah. You know, and and why is the tip like spinning in colors? It it just makes it look not as as bad and like, you know. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, I highly recommend. Uh, uh, Batman and the uh, Heart of the Dragon. It is absolutely fantastic. I 
I, I, is that only because I didn't see that on HBO Max, which I thought was getting all the DC animated ones. Um, you can go to row eight, or if you go, if you have like a Roku, go to the Fandango. They always have like if you go down on, yeah. the, on the home screen, you go down. They have the Fandango one. I, I believe they they might be renting it there as well. I don't know if it's an HBO Max now that that you bring it up because I have HBO Max, but I haven't checked. Because for Max, what I do is I watch like all the uh, all the shows that DC currently has on their slate, like Star Girl, Doom Patrol. I think they're bringing back Swamp Thing, if I'm not mistaken, but I'm not sure. I heard that they were. I thought CW bought out the first season of Swamp Thing, which is I know it's this whole both <laughs> CW and HBO Max thing as they're they're doing both on some on some, some on the other, right? Yeah. <laughs> So I think they CW is bringing back Swamp Thing, mm -hmm. uh, which is weird. And HBO Max, of course, Doom Patrol season three cannot wait for. I love Doom Patrol. It's probably my favorite of all the DC shows right now. Doom Patrol. Is I, I, Doom Patrol is is anybody's jam, man. That thing is insane. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it's definitely Doom Patrol. It, this is great. It's gonna remind me of like two things because one. I was watching this. Uh, I was watching this like T Pain thing, right? He was doing a streaming charity, and if you don't know, a lot of actors and famous people they all Twitch stream, so they're all out there. Uh, <laughs> I watch a bunch of them. Twitch. Uh, and, <laughs> and he was getting, he was auctioning off his loafers that he wore once. Auctioned them off for like twenty thousand uh, dollars, which was crazy. He wasn't doing it; it was someone else auctioning off and streaming it. And it reminded me of, and I was sitting there, and Doom Patrol, it reminded me of two things now. And I'm like, you know what, Rick? I want to start my own Twitch stream, okay? Uh -huh. But I don't want to do it as me. I want to do it as my new character that I'm coming up with, right? The Pop Prof. Wait. Did I hear you correctly? Because I believe you said the Pot Prof. No, no, not pot broth i don't want to make soup out of weed pop broth okay i mean no look it, yeah you know i mean weed soup never hurt anybody but okay i was, I was just asking a question no pop as in uh, popcorn uh because you know everybody loves me and prof some people may think oh professor i've heard you talk in the past no 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 it's a professional it's short for right. professional right i'm the popcorn professional the pop prof uh, <laughs> okay <laughs> okay. Right? And so I want it to be that wackiness of Doom Patrol, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, and, and what is the best part of Doom Patrol for you? Uh, <clears throat> I would have to say the interaction between Robot Man and Jane. So, so I have an idea for how we can shape the story of the pop prof. I yeah, because right. yeah. just like Doom Patrol, I want a good story, right? I so need a good story. So what we're going to do is Jonathan Grandois was originally a super spy, okay? Mm. And then he got locked in a phone booth and thrown into a volcano. Now, the mm -hmm. volcano fused the phone booth but but it was a british phone booth so it's okay because it's like and, and, and <laughs> what it's a great idea just just let me pitch it man why is the british phone booth 
tipping point. Because it's red and it's got all the glass and the metal and everything. We're talking we're talking some real stuff here, man. All right, and so it fused it to you. Now, the electronics of the phone, which was a more modern phone, it went into your consciousness, so you became like a cybernetic popcorn savant. Okay. From a phone booth? Yes. Yes, because, because it kept your true love inside you and your brain, and in your brain is your true love, and so is in your heart. It, it's, it's the popcorn. Now, hold on a second. We're, I'm not done yet. You come out looking kind of like Robot Man, but you're wearing a cape. A sequence cape that says <laughs> Pop Prof. And it's got like a cool like popcorn thing going in the back. So you're like a superhero, but you need a relationship with someone who is, you know, who's got heroic powers, but needs to be guided. And see, you guide this person by explaining the intricacies of popcorn. Because popcorn, oh. wait a minute, I'm, it's coming, I'm, it's I'm, coming. I'm, I'm, see, because, I'm, I'm because popcorn, what you're saying is popcorn is life, and life is popcorn. And when you can't pop pop, you gotta pop out. And when you can't pop out, you gotta pop pop off. <laughs> I know you know where I'm going with this. I know. I know exactly where you're going with this. I know exactly where you're going with this. All right. So for all of our budding filmmakers out there, people want to know, we've got our story, or what do we want to do? We Let's say I wanted to pitch this for a film because we should bring in some of this business aspects mm -hmm. up here. And I'm like, I got a good story. Or maybe I don't have a good story. What right. do I need? What do I need? I got my new property, my pop professional going off, my pop prof. Right? What do I need to make this happen? I mean, when you're, <clears throat> first of all, you got to put it down in, on paper because, and this has happened many times uh, before. It hasn't happened to me, or to us, really, in any way, shape, or form. But when you're when you're pitching a story, if you don't have it in writing and you don't own the rights to that story, meaning you've registered what you have in writing, whether it's a script or an outline with the WGA West, uh, or copyrighted it if it's a finished script and, a, and you feel fine with that finished product, you run the risk of someone stealing your idea and there's nothing you can do about it. So you got to put it down in writing and you got to protect it. That's the first thing you have to do with any idea that you feel is going to be commercially viable. Needless to say, you've got to study the market trends to know if that's something that you can realistically pitch to industry professionals at any time within the next year or two years. you got to pay attention to those trends. What are people looking for in the market? So those are things that first and foremost you have to think about from a business perspective if you're only writing the story. Now, if you're executing then that's a whole different kettle of fish because at that point you've got to think okay well is what i've got on paper something that i can with the right amount of cameras and lights and resources that i might have access to is that something that i can then turn into a viable project on my own mm -hmm. and then you have to ask yourself do i want to make a, a standalone short that's going to stay open 
so that I could then pitch it and say this is what the story's going to look like because shorts you know and we're going to get into this later they're not really the, the way to 100% move forward they're a great exercise you know and they're a great way to practice but they're not 100% the way to, to move forward and that's a fact anybody that tells me otherwise by all means please show me the, the statistics that say so you know but are you going to do it turn it into a short are you going to try to break it up and film it as time goes on you know do the Orson Welles thing like he did with the other side of the wind where it unfortunately was never finished you know and, and he died 15 years later right <laughs> um, without, with the movie never being finished and when the movie was finished it was essentially turned into a Netflix documentary which was very interesting but again a great example and, and sort of cautionary telling what you can and cannot do or should and shouldn't do <clears throat> and then understand the business enough to know that you know you can't be naive to the actual business you have to actually know how you're going to present yourself and really know whether or not you can just present yourself because if you're a filmmaker the term filmmaker is one that automatically puts a lot of people off mm -hmm. because it's either too general yep or it just says this guy is or girl is an artist that's it this person is just an artist and the problem with that is they're not going to have like a the level of of um flexibility that they need to have in order to do business and unfortunately, if you haven't paid your dues and you haven't carried your set of cables or you haven't done whatever you needed to do in the industry to to get to a certain point where people are going to start paying attention to you, you know, the idea that you're going to be the next Spielberg or the next whoever, you need to get that out of your mind. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean that it can't happen, but you need to get that out of your mind. So there's a lot of steps there, you know, from from A to Z, ton of steps. So let's start a little further back. So I want to talk on that that first thing. The first thing that you said about that, that story part. You got a script. Yeah. Right? So a lot of people, uh, especially when they're writing the first script, I did it too and everything else. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're all here. We all started somewhere, got right? It, got it, got um, uh, You know, we would put a lot of, uh, 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 let's just say, I like to say those, uh, and, and, you know, script writing has it too a lot of action in your directions that cost so much money and all this other stuff because everyone's thinking spectacle, spectacle, spectacle right. when they start. They always think about spectacle. And and on your opinion, what should people think about when they're just starting? They're on that first script that they're thinking about making. You have to think about the viability of it. If you're writing for the exercise, just for the exercise because you want to be able to write um something you know to, to see if you could write a marvel style film or a dc style film or, or anything that's a hundred million dollars that's fine if that's just for the exercise however if you're thinking in terms of you want to sell this script you want to make it in the industry you've got to think about the viability of your script if i'm first of all putting a million actions in it i am taking over the director's job so i can't do that actions are you know not 
something that you want to overdo. In other words, you've got to learn how to manage the page on a script, for lack of a better term, is real estate. And you've got to manage that real estate. So you've got to think, would someone want to see, you know, would someone looking at this script, thinking about possibly buying it, want to see 20,000 actions when they already have a set of directors that they can pull from? Mm -hmm. Number one. Number two, is it viable for this thing to be produced? Because let's say I have a scene where I have a guy jumping, you know, parkouring from the opposite side of a building to another, to a train. That's a crazy dangerous scene right there. Mm -hmm. And that scene is gonna require massive insurance and massive safety precautions just for that one scene. And that's not even really the best example, but it, it's it's the one that comes to mind right away. Like, you've got to figure out how to write something that has solid story merits, mm -hmm. that shows that you can tell a story, okay? That shows that you're not depending on things that you can't, automatically say well the studio is going to take care of it or the producer is going to take care of it no no that that doesn't happen that way there's the viability like if you can't write like you're writing for marvel if you're not in marvel you can't write like you're writing for a major studio you've got to write and say here are the merits of this story the the relationships and everything like that so when you're putting that on paper that's what you have to think about. Which means that you have to understand how the business legitimately works. 100%. And it's not that you should spend 100 years doing research on any number of subjects because a writer's worst enemy is, is thinking, I need to do 10 years of research for something. No, you do not. It's just a matter of understanding that as a starter there's 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 a million things that you shouldn't do because you're not a commodity yep yep you know? and and for all of our starters there what i just want to give one tip of advice and put it out here uh, it's a good advice i got in the beginning myself uh rick i believe you gave me the advice a lot of people gave me that advice but if you are uh let's say you want to write a hangover style comedy right Read some scripts of hangover style comedies. Actually read them. Uh, not just watch them. Actually also read the actual scripts if you can get a hold of them. And there's various resources the way to do them. You can actually learn a lot about how those types of movies are structured from reading those scripts. They're, they, those are the little scripts that Hollywood is buying and putting on. This is the structure they expect. These are the type of stories and scenes, uh, the way they expect them to go, timing and everything. Uh, it's all there already for you. So read those scripts. You'll know how to lay it out because they're already there doing you, it. You have to understand basically just this. Three acts, 90 to 120 pages, depending on the film, because also most movies that you see out there aren't two hours long. You know, you, you see films now and it there's there's that occasion where a movie might be two and a half hours two hours and 45 minutes but that's because they've got a lot of ground to cover and they've already got pre-existing source material that they're you know drawing from 
And that's the one thing that I think sometimes people have a tendency to forget. There's a difference between a script that's been commissioned and a script that's being written on spec, meaning speculative. They don't need it. They're not asking for it. They might be willing to look at it, but that's about it. You know, and, and, and you might sell it and you might buy it if you're going through the right channels. But again, speculative and commission, totally different things, which is why I always tell everyone, you know, be familiarized with, with the terms of the of the industry and the way the business structure is laid out. Before yeah, so why don't you, yeah, why don't you break down those differences between the two? Just for our listeners. Between uh, spec and commission? Yes. Well, commission is basically this. Uh, the studio already has an idea of what's working for them and of, of the kind of things that they want to make. So, you know, you've got, you've got your development people, you've got everyone that's finding properties like books, like sometimes video games and what have you. And say, okay, well, let's, let's, write a, let's write a script for this particular work. All right, they've already got their people. Now, a spec script, it's basically when I show up and say, you know, um, I've got this story. Well, no one's asking you for it. No one's asking you for it. So you got to go through many more hoops to try and sell that and get some sort of look at it. Now, it might be that you decide that you want to write a, a spec script, you know, of a, you know, of a TV show. And a lot of people have done this, or, you know, an existing TV show not because you want to act or some kind of existing intellectual property, not because you want to sell that per se, but because you want to prove that you can get into that. Mm -hmm. And, and some people have done that and it's, it's been successful, but I think that in the kind of climate that we're living right now, where streaming is a whole new part of the business, then it's different because you have the ability to to then take work that you're creating and see it all the way through and get it greenlit for lack of a better word through a streaming service and and greenlit might mean something as simple as we're going to feature it you know we're going to yep. feature it on our service and which I, I changes it all and I'm going to say this, even if your goal is to get on streaming, great goal. But realize streaming, um, unless it's a really, really big name, spectacle is not the name of streaming. Streaming is really more focused on story and its characters than its spectacle. 100%. Uh, yeah. yeah, if you don't believe me, look at your streaming options. All right, look what's being featured. You'll see bigger names have like action and spectacle everywhere. But a lot of gets featured is story-driven characters. But, but, but let's... But let's let's look at streaming too and and what do you see a, a, a massive amount of in streaming you see documentaries and you see docuseries and you see the progression of documentaries from what they were to what they are now if you go back 36 years when i was a little kid the only documentaries that i would see even on cable or on syndication were like the old jacques cousteau documentaries or the original national geographic series which used to be shot on films and it was essentially documentaries. So, you know, it's changed. The game has changed because people have gotten smart to 
what they would need to do in order to move in and, and get some attention for the ability to create content because before streaming, if you wanted to get into the industry as a writer, you had to go to pitch fests or you had to get on website, which you still do, uh, like virtualpitchfest.com. Um, I believe Inktip's still one of them. But you have to do all this stuff to pitch. And even if you're guaranteed turnaround of five days, as far as your answer is concerned, you have to understand that, you know, in those days, it's not like you were pitching material, you were pitching property. And that's the thing is there's a massive difference between pitching material that's already there for licensing purposes and pitching mm -hmm. a story that you've already put in, in writing. When you're saying, I'm pitching this story, you're, nobody's, you know, the, the chances of selling that are not nearly as good as the ch chances of getting licensed with a distributor, you know, getting a, a, a deal with a distributor and getting licensed through different platforms. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that was the case. That's what made this industry so hard. I think that climate has really changed that and the ability for us to create our own content and all of this has changed that massively. You still have to create something good though, don't get me wrong. You create, you know, I, I hate to be crass, but you create shit, you're going to get shit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's simple. I hate to be crass about it, man, but this is this is an open industry, so, you know. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Even when you look at the creating your own content, there's a lot of people who create great stuff on like YouTube and everything else. I watch them. I know you're thinking of some of them. Uh, I'll mention RDC World. RDC World, which just came out with Anime House. I'm an anime fan, so I watch that. Yeah, so does LeBron James and a lot of other people. These are great things. But that goes to my point also about spectacle. Uh, the spectacle is not there. They have very no. minimal spectacle and when you see some spectacle you're like great job what people fall in love with is story and character and 100%. When, you're making, when you're even making your own the story and the characters are what you need to I, for me personally what you need to focus on you need to focus on story and character 100%. have that down have that down like when you're learning the industry learning the trends but make sure at the minimum stories and characters is what is defining your piece because when you get to streaming, when you get on YouTube, when you get on any of these things, people will love it for the story and the characters you provide more than your spectacle. And look, let's let's talk about that. Um, I'm going to bring up our own experience now because mm -hmm. it's something that I think you know people will benefit from. <clears throat> so there's these things called marketplaces uh, all throughout the year. You've got the Meepcoms, you've got the NatPs, uh, several different marketplaces, some bigger than others. You've got basically the opportunity in these to pitch your content that's already prepared. Now, mind you, you have to be organized. You have to know what you're doing. At that point, you're walking into a lion's den because people are not there to waste their time. You know, distributors travel throughout the year, and these are long trips for some people, you know, mm -hmm. and they're short stays, and there's not nearly enough booze anywhere for them to actually <laughs> feel like, hey, man, I want to waste some time. 
you know, they've, they've got to set up. They've got to do a million things. Okay. We went to Nappy in, in Miami Beach, 2020, before the, the okay. pandemic started. We knew what we were going to pitch. We knew how we were going to pitch it. But prior to going to Nappy, we spent two months mm-hmm. going over a very specific strategy, going over who the buyers were, who the distributors were, looking to understand where we could fit in. Because again, it all goes to understanding. We know we had great stories, but I might have a great story and it might not be what a specific person is looking at that time. And then it changes. There's like a literally like a like a five-minute turnaround when you're like, hey, you remember that guy? And, and Jonathan can attest to this. You remember that those people that wouldn't meet with us? Yeah, now they're <laughs> carrying your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Must have been something I said. <laughs> you know, that they, they didn't meet with us. Must have been something I said. Maybe they didn't like my face. I don't know. But that's how the business works. So it's got that either really, really dreadfully slow turnaround or dreadfully quick turnaround. And not and, and having a representation helps. We gain representation as a production company um, with a tremendous, uh, and I'm going to give her a little plug here, J2911 Media, uh, you know, tremendous, tremendous people. Real Thank professionals. So Absolutely. Right. Vivian, we love you. You're the best. Yes. Now... Now, we were able to get that because the stories were good and that took us to a new level. You have to understand, a lot of times you might have the greatest story in the world, but the fact of the matter is that if you don't know how to find that representation, whether you're a writer, a producer, a director, whatever, if you don't know how to find that representation, Okay, that first step of representation, whatever that might be on your end, it will be the, the greatest story never told. And again, it all comes down to knowing and understanding the business. And I know point A and I know how to get started, but how do I go from point A to point B. It's never a straight line in this industry. And that's the one thing that I that I say to everyone. If you're thinking that by creating a short, you're doing the greatest thing in the world, you're learning and you're gonna get better and better and better and better and that's not a problem. But don't for one second think that that's the answer to anything. It is not. Just, yep. just food for thought. Yeah, nothing a straight line. And I want to piggyback off of something that Rick said, and I know people hate this because you probably hated it when you were young, but homework, right? And you do have to do your homework. You do have to know who you're pitching to at times, and that's hugely important. We said we did months of research to know where we're going to fit in. That is absolutely true. We wouldn't have sold anything or been anywhere if we just said, ah, anybody would like it because it's not true. People are looking studios. Remember, these are all businesses. Just like when you walk into a Target versus a Walmart, what they want to carry is very much based on their brand, a bunch of other decisions. So if you go in not knowing what they want, you're going to fail. So it's important to not only uh, have good stories, but you've got to do your homework. You've got to know who's looking for what you are selling. 
you have to know that. Because if you're putting your time and energy on someone who doesn't care about your story, it's just gonna be no's, 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 where you could have gotten a yes to someone who's looking exactly for what you're doing. But also to, to you know, and you make a great point there, you've got to be practical about how you do things. And here's what I mean by practical. We all want our Gone with the Wind. We all want our Casablanca. We all want that great masterpiece that will be the defining piece of our legacy. I cannot and, wait for Hollywood to give me money so I can make my ballad of CP and my rise of CC, which I cannot say here because these are family friendly, but it, it will get me blacklisted from Hollywood. Um, Anyways. <laughs> I think it just did, bro. <laughs> It's the greatest story that will never be told. I, dude, no I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to, uh, Hollywood. I'm gonna go to Hollywood. We're gonna go to Hollywood on our next project. You're gonna go put. You, that's how, that's how you're gonna dress. I'm gonna wear a suit, and we're gonna get like at least a hundred million dollars just on that alone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they were like, "What is this?" No, but you know, the reason why I say you have to be practical is, is this particular reason. You can't be a specialist. From business perspective, from a real business perspective, don't sit there and be a specialist. I, we, I've had this happen many times, and I had it happen on a previous nappy, and I had it happen on this one, where we were asked, people reached out to us, and we were asked, do you have any content that relates to so-and-so? And, for example, Jonathan, on a couple of occasions, said, do we have any content that relates to so-and-so? I'm like, no, but give me five minutes and I'll come up with something. And I would come up with a one-pager because these were people that were willing to, at that point, pre-pandemic, again, the pandemic <laughs> effect, man, it's all good, baby. But they were, they were like, ready to invest in something right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Okay? And what you have to look at is you're not pigeonholing yourself into anything by doing that. You're saying, I could pretty much do anything. And and explaining, you know, explaining that versus actually showing it, those are two totally different things. So if I'm explaining to you I could do absolutely anything, you're just going to think I'm arrogant. Mm -hmm. I guess, and that's not the way to go either. Because people trick you in the industry. They'll say, what do you want to do? Don't ever say, I want to do everything. That's the wrong answer. Be very specific. Because chances are that the person that's asking you is going to be able to get you to the next step to help you out. Mm -hmm. Even if you can do everything, you're not going to be able to do it as a PA. You're not going to be able to do it as an intern. Forget about it. You need to be very specific if you want to move forward. So have that sort of open nature to where, you know, if you find yourself in the outdoors, scratching your eyes and your eyes puffing up. Oh, why, why are you attacking me? Why are you attacking me for me having allergies? You know I, I, no, I, come on, man. I, I love you and I, and I, and I'm just here to protect you. From yourself mainly uh <laughs> I'm, i let me just say this we were down in some dank dank cave in italy 
uh, where like moist air, I mean, air has literally not penetrated this place in forever, uh, where sewage, they had to like investigate from where sewage leaked in and all this stuff. And uh, as we were filming there, most of our crew couldn't like make it. They're like, oh, this is too heavy and breathe, but not this one over here. Yep, that's right, me, the champion. And then, and then, and then, we went horseback riding months later to celebrate our victory, and the champion scratched his eye. I don't know what he did, but it just puffed up. I was like, dude, you're dying! (laughs) He's like, We went horseback riding. He's like, I don't know what happened. (laughs) And then at the end of our, probably what, like, we we were riding for a couple of hours. We were riding for a couple of hours, yeah. And then we hung out and we were petting goats. My, my partner was petting goats. She really loves goats. Uh, and uh, one of our, our sound engineer was trying to trying to convince her to convince me to get a goat, which I'm trying to keep a goat out of my household right now. Uh, <laughs> just to let you know. Uh, 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 yes, that, that's you. I know you're listening. I'm not going to say his name because he's going to get mad, but I do not want a goat in my house. Uh, <laughs> I do not want a goat in my house. <laughs> so, so for like four hours, you know, my eyes puffed up. Um, yeah, it was and, bad. It was bad, but no, I couldn't see. I couldn't see out of either eye. I literally. Was yeah, it was. It was bad. But but getting well, back to, <laughs> I can handle K's. I can handle K's with dusty old bodies, horrible smells. <laughs> bodies, bro. Those were those were skulls, man. Those weren't. That's that's the last stop. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. That's the last stop. <laughs> they, were, they were really old skeletons, like real old. And uh, and, uh dude, uh, we have to talk about the background of filming that one day. We should do that. We should episode. definitely actually bring up that. Uh, you're gonna love it. Speaking of which, you know, I gotta say this: we got our first bad review, and I absolutely loved it because I I love hatred. <laughs> especially <laughs> especially when we're depositing checks. <laughs> we'll talk about it in the we'll talk about it next time yeah we'll talk about it so we should talk about that filming but uh, yeah don't be a specialist right that's where we don't were. be a specialist don't be a specialist don't assume that you know that if you decide that you want to do something that's going to get you paid and, and give you exposure that that's how you're going to be seen um you know it, it takes obviously it's a very fine dance like imagine if you're Imagine, and, and this is the only way that I could think of to, to really best explain the business. Imagine, imagine you're 13 years old and you have a crush on somebody, okay? But you're 13, so you're awkward. You know nothing. Now, it's the school dance and you want to ask this person out. It is a very specific time. What do I mean by that? You want to make sure that you catch this person in a spot where there's not a lot of people, but you don't seem too creepy. You want to make sure you smell right. You want to make sure you look right. The high top's got to be the high top game has got to be on point. Okay? So if you're wearing those jeans, you got to be Sack Morris, aka Saved by the Bell or, you know, circa 1992. With the high tops? Hey, that's, he's a governor now? Yeah. 
Yeah, R.I.P. Dustin Diamond. Anyway, <laughs> oh, too soon. That, that was very sad. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. It is R.I.P. Because he's he's actually funny as 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 heck and as Screech. But you got to make sure that your whole game is straight, and it's it's got to come naturally. You know, because people people have in this industry, they seem to just have a knack to spotting when you're nervous. It's like they can smell blood in the water. You know, and, you know, they'll pounce just for their entertainment. And that's unfortunate, but it happens. And, you know, you go through periods when people will say, I'll call you definitely for sure. Let's have lunch. And you don't hear anything back from them. And you email them and you try to message them. This happened to us. They don't say anything back to you because they don't have anything to try. And they don't have anything they can get from you. So you've got to know these little different things if you're going to move forward in the business successfully. And you've got to have thick skin, which is why I brought up the thing about a bad review. Because for every good thing that's going to happen in this industry, there's going to be like 20 unpleasant ones. You're going to deal with people that absolutely think they know everything and then they want to take over. And, you know, you're going to deal with so many different things. You've got to make sure that you understand the way the business works. You understand how to protect yourself and your properties. You understand how to sell those properties. And you really understand how to appeal to the areas that you really want to get to. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you can't always do it from a, from a point of authority. You're not always going to have that point of authority. Even though 99 times out of 100 in this industry, you're working as a freelancer of some sort. Even when you have your own production company, you're still producing something that's not 100% yours. You know, it could be that you're licensing uh, mm-hmm. a piece from somebody. And that's another story for another day. It could be that you're licensing or whatever... But you still have to respond to someone, whether it's on the same level or they're on a higher level than you because they're the ones funding it. Yep. So understand the business. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not selling out your art. You're not selling out yourself. Understand the business. You'll be fine. It'll, you know, you'll get to where you need to get to. You stay determined, but you also have an understanding of how to get there. So. Yep. Yep. And I think that's, that's a good time to wrap that up about that. That's a, that's a good final word. Thank very, you. Very passionate. Very passionate. I love it. So, uh, <laughs> before we head out for this week, anything else you want to talk to talk to our listeners out there about? A um, couple of quick things. We're going to be launching our channel within the next few weeks. So, you're going to get all the beauty and all the blessing of us and this amazing podcast very soon and we will give you more detail on that and in the coming weeks and um also if you have to be make sure to watch searching for betty paoli which is our film if you have canela.tv you can also watch searching for betty paoli there and you can watch boy school and in either of those you can watch them in any language we're very soon going to be in Alchemy for all the people in the UK and throughout most of the European Union. And very soon we're going to be out 
in Onduya, which is going to be several other platforms here throughout the United States and uh, really throughout the world. So we're going to be in about 100 different uh, markets and areas that uh, you can watch our work in. So yeah, that's about that's about all I have to say. Yep, what about yep. you, Jay? Yep. I wish we could talk about more, but you'll learn in this business when you're into it some things you just can't talk about. So make sure to watch all <laughs> the stuff. We have things in the work coming up for you, everyone here. Uh, for me, I just want to give a shout out uh, to Southern Rep Theater. Uh, Cassandra Gunn was a head of there. That's my sister, but she's doing a great job over there. Did the Breath Project this summer, uh, which was not this summer. Sorry, last summer. Whoo, time has passed. Which of course had to deal with the uh, the George Floyd situation and the amount of they did theater pieces and the amount of time it took for him uh, for breathing out. That was such a great project. They highlight different works every month. Uh, and they do live pop-up shows. So you can watch it from anywhere around the globe, but go and show them some love. The Southern Rep Theater, uh, look them up. I also want to highlight Codependent, an Instagram comic made by one of our artists and my partner, Amy Cassander. Woo! Uh, she has a picture up of me fighting a bear, which is some great conversations we have had in our own production company. <laughs> she can also find it. Real quick, that's how Jonathan wants to go out, fighting an, a wild animal. He knows he's going to lose... It's not a winning situation, but he wants to go out fighting a wild animal. Two, two of the people in this freaking company want to go out fighting animals. The other, we will have at some point, but I guarantee you, this business is not for normal people. That's why you love us. I just want it noted, I wanted, if they asked me how I want to go, I said from saving a group of children from a bear. Uh, okay. No, John. So don't forget the saving the group of children part. Okay. Because I remember we were talking about a coked up bear in Arkansas, and I said fighting that bear would not be an easy thing. That's a, that's a real story, actually. No, no, no. And I yeah. and I was I and that brought up how I do think I could take a bear. I didn't say I think I could survive it. I just said I could take it. Yeah, but saying you could take it means you think you could survive it, bro. You're not going to survive. No, 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 no. I, I think I think I will definitely die during the fight, but I'm taking it with me. I'm Amazing. taking that bear. The, sure. bear. the bear's not surviving the fight. That's, that's all I said. The bear's not surviving the fight. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Which, I do not want to kill animals. <laughs> no problem with bears. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. No problem with bears. I love animals. I'm a big supporter of reptiles, so. Uh, <laughs> I love my tortoises and turtles. I got turtle bracelets. You guys will get to see. I got these at Valentine's Day present. So when we see the video, you can see my new bracelets. Uh, I, I bring And, a bunch and of when them. we start holding contests, you're going to get uh, turtle-related memorabilia. Not not Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. That's for us. You get, yes. you get the simple turtle bracelet that says uh, uh, WWTT. The WWTD. What would turtle yeah. do? Yep. Uh, and uh, so my last shout out, look out for uh, Pop Prof stuff now, because now I'm going to do it. Uh, Rick's going to help me out. I don't know about the volcano and the the, the, the British phone booth. <laughs> Why? It's the greatest idea ever. You're like Doctor Who, but with a phone booth in, in you and popcorn and a cape. I, I was thinking about doing some cooking videos with popcorn on TikTok, but you know... <laughs> Uh, I think that's lame. <laughs> okay, there might be some logistics issues with procuring a volcano. 
you know, we might have to do a sauce volcano and then just have like a little action figure jumping in and then you come out with it. But see, it happens. It can happen. It, it could be totally kaiju. You'd be like, like Ultraman, but with popcorn. So, so look out for all my brand content, which is now only going to be popcorn related. Uh, he said, don't specialize, but I'm going to purposely specialize in popcorn uh, related dude, films. Dude, <laughs> You just shit on the last 50 minutes? <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? I'm not. <laughs> but that's what So, as always, like, share, and subscribe. subscribe. Spotify. Yeah, and comment. And uh, enjoy us on Spotify. Uh, definitely share it for everyone. We'll see you next week. Uh, which, with, guess what? Not going to tell you. Come back next week because I always leave it on that hanger. All right. Have a great week. Love everyone out there. Love you, people. Be good. Bye-bye.